Hello and welcome to the Better People Podcast. I'm Holly DePama, one of the hosts, and today I'm going to be talking with Michelle Gilbert, who is the Chief People Officer at Philabundance here in Philadelphia. Michelle, welcome. Thank you, Holly. It is a great pleasure to be here. I'm very grateful for the time today and the discussion. Yeah, me too. Um, let's jump right in. Why don't um, Why don't you give uh, our listeners a little uh, bit of your background? Tell us, you know, sort of your journey to to where you are now. Absolutely. Uh, so I started my journey probably before I was even born. Uh, my dad was a human resources director. Uh, my stepmother who raised me was actually the head of EAP. So I tell people I was genetically predetermined to end up in human resources. That's so funny. <laughs> so bound to be here. Um, I've had a great career. I've had the privilege of working in several nonprofits in the area. Um been able to work in small departments, big departments, 12 HR people, person by myself. It's been a great journey. So um, what brought you to Phil Abundance? I am privileged in my career to be at a place where I could ask myself where I wanted to be next. Mm -hmm. I have the ability to say, you know, I can have my work mean something more than just human resources. Mm -hmm. And so the ability to support a team to be able to actually do some work in the world of food rescue was an amazing opportunity for me. So yeah. I'm privileged to be able to be here. Yeah. Tell our guests a little bit about Phil Abundance. Um, okay. Well, I could probably spend all day talking about Phil Abundance. Um, so it's a wonderful organization. We are in the Delaware Valley area. Um, we cover, sorry, I'm going to actually revise that a little bit and say that we are in the Philadelphia area and then we cover the counties surrounding Philadelphia as well. A lot of people don't know that we actually have a place that is extended into South Jersey. Uh, we cover into Montgomery County, Bucks County. So we've got a lot of different areas that we're covering into. Uh, we service about 137,000 people every single week by providing them food. Um, we also have the privilege of doing more than just food, and we have the ability to go ahead and provide workforce planning, um, training, development. Sorry. Okay. It's been morning already. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had this ability to have this workforce planning school that we run out of our North Philadelphia location. And so that is our Phil Abundance Community Kitchen. So we do more than just food and helping people learn culinary skills through a 16-week program. Um, so there's a lot of great work that we get to do. Yeah, that's really, really cool. So talk to us about um, about the role of the chief people officer. So I get to work in a team of um, wonderful professional HR people who get to do work in the realm of benefits, payroll, employee relations, handbook. We get all of the good stuff. We also do safety and security in our sector um, and insurance and liability. So we've got kind of a diverse portfolio when it comes to human resources. Yeah. Tell me about, um, <clears throat> tell me about, you know, sort of what, what's your, uh, you know, we talk to HR people all the time who are, you know, um, you know, comp specialists or my real favorite thing is employee relations. What, what's, what is your sort of North star, if you will, in, 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 um, as it deals with people? Sure. Um, I enjoy doing the training and development piece. I do like the human resources concept of employee relations, um, but that's 
kind of at the point where we don't always get to fix everything. I like the training and development because we were able to kind of head things off at the beginning by setting clear expectations, um, allowing people to grow and develop within the organization. I would certainly hope that if someone started working from us and 10 years from now, they were a, a different moved person that we helped have that happen for them, that there's a piece of their lives that became better because of their employment more than just a paycheck for them. Talk to me about some of the um, development programs that you have. Absolutely. So we have the we have a mix. Obviously, we're an MEA member. So we have a piece that comes through that is individual development. We'll send people out for training. We can do individual pieces here inside the organization as well. Um, but there was a need when I first got here to actually provide training across the platform for all of our staff. Um, when I first walked in, which was three years ago, first day of the pandemic, I noticed that there was a place in the organization where only certain people had the privilege of going to training. Um, we would see a lot of that happen for our office staff, but not necessarily for our truck drivers or warehouse workers. And if they did get training, it was very focused, um, specific on just this current job responsibility. So it wasn't giving them the breadth and depth to be able to grow and develop in the organization and possibly take on new roles. So we had a moment where we sat back and said, hey, could we do this crazy idea and could we train everybody all at once? Um, you know, I... I'm able to go to a staff conference. I can see an entire day of training. I have that privilege. How do we bring that to all staff? Um, and that was a commitment from the organization that we designed for an employee engagement day. Oh. Uh, yeah. And so this piece of how do we actually carve out a day for the staff where they can not have to do their operational duties, they're very limited, and that they actually sit and hear a wide breadth of knowledge. Maybe it's related directly to their job, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's something that is a personal development. Maybe it's a piece that has to do with development from another department. But believing that as we offer these opportunities, people can grow and develop by learning what their colleagues are doing and finding connections in the organization that perhaps leadership doesn't always get to see. So <clears throat> tell me about this day. Tell me what was the... Um you know, what was the, flow, the schedule? I mean, how many employees do you have? Like talk, talk to me about sure. how we were able to do this. Absolutely. Um, so we have 165 employees. Um, we have people who are in our sectors who do warehouse work. So they're literally moving the food for us through forklift operations. Um, many people not realize that we do just have warehouses that we're storing the food in. We have truck drivers. Um, so we have big CDL truck drivers. We have van drivers. They're moving food across the, the area. And then we have office staff who are connecting with community partners, building relationships, and also doing development. And then, of course, shared services where human resources is a function. So we have a very diverse group. We said, how do we do this? Because everybody kind of works a little bit different. Some people were working at home. Some people were working in person. We got a commitment from leadership, including our CEO, to actually carve out a single day every month. Um, and we call that day Employee Engagement Day. Um, we sat with the operations team and decided that that's usually best done towards the end of the month, usually on a Thursday. And the whole day is dedicated to training all staff on a variety of topics. But that piece um, also had to have a little bit of engagement to it. It couldn't just be training, um, couldn't just go through, you know, food defense, that's important, but it needed to have a little bit more to be more engaging for the staff. Um, so we've added a lot of different classes um, and we do them predominantly in a virtual setting. Sometimes they're done though in person as well. Um, 
but I think I want to tell you my favorite story next. Yes, please. Okay, good. So um, when I started the program, I'm certainly not by myself. There's a great group of people who helped me here at Phil Abundance. So we sat down and we were talking about the importance of the truck drivers and they do something for CDL that's called a pre-trip checklist. And that checklist is when you prepare your truck to go out on the road, it takes about a half hour um, and they go through and they check the brakes and the tires and all that fun stuff. And I'm always grateful when I'm on the road to know that people are doing that type of work. So we said, you know, it'd be really cool if we could share this information with the rest of the team. Do everybody know what it takes to start your truck in the morning? And so we had a live feed and somebody walked through from our transportation department and somebody else filmed and we were recording what it takes to just do your trip checklist. So that happens. We're recording. It's a live session. We've got everybody online. We're watching. We have people who are working at home. And this is the moment in the pandemic where we had a lot of people who had children that were still at home doing school from home. So we're doing this and I'm excited. I'm interested. This is a great process. We're taking a look at all this stuff. I can see the pride in the truck drivers and what they're sharing and the information they have. Um, and then we have this moment where I'm on screen and I'm watching these little heads pop up into the Zoom call. And I see these little kids who are jumping into the screen going, oh, my gosh, that's a truck. Here's a big truck. truck. This is oh wow, this is cool. And so I'm realizing suddenly that it's the little kid in all of us, right, who wants to see this truck driver do his work. And, and how does this all work? And what does it look like? And how big are those tires? And it was really cool to watch this piece of really just talking about the work that these people do. And I don't know that our truck drivers necessarily understood how much we valued and appreciated them afterwards. So excited. People were coming up, talked to uh -huh. them, right? And this piece of us all starting to understand how important this was that we really valued and appreciated the work that other people did. That is, that is really, really cool. So Tell me, so logistically, how, so this is when, do you still do this now? We do. Uh, we continue post-pandemic. Uh, one is to build community, right? We believe this is a moment where we can gather together and really have this piece of how do we see each other? Um, and it could be coffee chat, right? We're just in together. Um, we can do this while we're doing our DE&I work. So there's a variety of things that happen that day. And a lot of people will say to me, hey, how can you carve out an entire day a month to get people to do training? Like Michelle, nobody wants to do training that much. And how do we have this commitment? I would say first that I think many of us as HR people are doing this training, maybe in smaller departments, maybe one off. This was the ability to have everybody have exposure. So it was combining it. I also found that by having a dedicated day a month, when people had training ideas, we already knew what day it was going to be on. Right. So we don't have to go find a day in the calendar when we want to do a training for all staff. We know we have dedicated time already set aside for that. So is it all day? It is. Um, and so, <laughs> so this piece is um, borrowed from the world of education and hospital where we have professional development days. Right. So some of our listeners may be aware that those are days where you would dedicate and someone would do professional development all day because you can't necessarily pull people out of the classroom during the year to do that. So I borrowed that same concept. Can't we do that here? What if we just brought all these people together? Um, now, I will tell you, uh, the day varies every month. It's something different. Um, sessions are you, 
usually about an hour, maybe two, um, depends on the session. Um, but we have had MEA come on and talk about sexual harassment. So we can say that we've done our compliance piece there. Um, I did a session just yesterday that was on the employee handbook. Um, and it was just for managers. Um, and as an HR person, I'm really hoping that pays in dividends, that we're able to say that our managers really do truly know what's in the handbook. We talk as a group about what's that policy, what does that mean? And it allows for us to have this lunch and learn dialogue on the handbook. Um, I will tell you, I haven't always gotten it right. I thought when I did the employee handbook that we would do two sessions. You know, I do the first half of the handbook one month and the next month we do the second half and it'd be great. Little did I know how many questions they would have, which was great. Um, we're probably going to have 12 sessions on the employee handbook. By wow. The <laughs> so are you doing, is this more of the, of the, what is our policy? What is our plan or what do I do? Bit of both, right? Okay. So um, trying to have them understand where the policy comes from, its intention. We talk a little bit about the law or the, the philosophy of the organization, but then there's also the opportunity that for them to ask questions. Um, and they do ask questions, which is great. Um, and there's a lot of follow-ups that need to come from that. But it's a moment for us to connect with our managers. It's also been an opportunity for me to share with them. We have some relatively new managers. Mm. First time managing, hey, in case nobody told you, this is your job. This part is you, this part is me, this part is the organization. And we really tried to hone in on kind of what responsibilities each player have in each of the policies. Mm. And again, I'm hoping that education allows for them to understand where I expect them to rise and where they expect them to red flag and alert me that there's something going on. Interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, can you sort of share a policy and how you have that broken out? What's res- what a manager is responsible for, what HR and then what the organization is? Sure. Um, so we have a policy. Um, and by the way, our handbook was done by MEA. We have a policy that is a piece that is on office hours. And so while that seems rather straightforward, office hours are X to Y, Monday through Friday, It's really not because we have people who are working off schedule. And so they are doing truck driving work often starts at four in the morning. Those people aren't in office hour structure. So we talk about where the responsibility is for the manager to make sure that they have office coverage for their department versus roles and responsibilities. And we actually took that opportunity then to talk about fine tuning the job description to make sure they're reflective of that expectation. And then we talked about office hours when it comes to remote workers, which clearly a little bit new for all of us. How do we set those standards? What are the response times? So we talked about, hey, that's your standard as a manager. If you want to allow someone to start a little early, end a little early, but response time still needs to be there, what are we talking about? What's your expectation? So really giving them an understanding that they have some flexibility and when things don't go as planned, what do they do? How do they call us? How do we reinforce? When do we have corrective conversations? So a lot of dialogue on just that simple topic, office hours. Sure. So you mentioned uh, in that discussion, you mentioned um, a topic that most people in HR are kind of wrestling with these days. And that is the, you know, uh, some people in the office, some people at home, some people, you know, um, and and really the the need for organizations to be flexible. So 
talk to me about how that plays out in your organization. What are you, what are some of the challenges you're having and some of the successes? Yeah. Appreciate the question. We were deemed an essential employer at the very beginning. So we have this piece where obviously we're delivering food during a pandemic. It's an incredibly important time for us to be up and active. Right. Um, So out there delivering food every day, making sure that people have access. So truck drivers, warehouse workers, never an option for them to be able to work from home. Mm -hmm. We had administrative staff who could have that privilege. Um, We had others who were maybe doing some development pieces. They could be working remote, which started to lead to a organizational divide of those who could and those who could not. Part of the employee engagement day was to hopefully bring that together. And this was, again, another learning moment for me. So we're deciding at that moment that we're going to do the employee engagement day and that it'll be a virtual training and people will be able to join online and watch and interact in that way. But not all of my employees had those skill sets and not all of them had that access at home. So we realized we needed to stop and we created spaces within our buildings where people could come in and sit and watch together. And so we would set up kind of viewing areas within the buildings and the conference centers. And that felt right and and a good way to make sure that everybody had access and that there would be an administrative person there to kind of overcome any of the technology issues. I then have a conversation with my CEO who says to me, hey, do you want to explain to me why some people get to join from home and other people have to come into the office? And then I realized I have unfortunately put an unintended bias into this training. And so I have to stop and rethink and we gather and we say, okay, how can we fix this? Well, why can't they have laptops? My CEO says to me and I go, you know what? You're right. Why can't they? Why can't we get them phones or cell phones that have access, that have Wi-Fi capability, that have video capability? This is not something that all of our staff had. And so we had to provide those services, that training. We did a whole thing on Teams training. Um, We're still doing training on online etiquette. There's a lot there to learn. But this was a piece where we really were able to now allow our staff who've never had the privilege to work from home to finally get to do that. It's one day a month, but it's still something that they get to experience and they're developing that skill set, which I think is really awesome. So you, so talk to me about sort of volume. You had um, like, was it 50 people who you then provided laptops to? Talk to me. So you must've known the answer, Holly. So (laughs) 50 is about correct. Um, We had, you know, we had some employees who obviously are a little bit more comfortable with their technology skill. And I have found that that is not necessarily an age statement. Um, Got some great people who are grandparents who are very good with their technology. Um, So there was about 50 people that we needed to get comfortable with this new process. Um, And it was a good learning experience for us as well. How do we start to adapt and make sure that this training really is accessible for everybody? How do we become the equalizer in this organization? So... So what happens um what happens sort of going forward do you is your office is it virtual is it hybrid tell are you Yes and yes. Uh, so yesterday's employee engagement day was virtual. We were online. We hop in and out of sessions all day long. Some of them are special invite sessions, some are for all staff. And then in July we will gather together as a team in person and spend the day learning together. Oh cool. So we'll do a little bit of both. And so that really works for us. We have found that if we kind of jump in and out of that, 
it allows for some different dialogue to happen, but important, and then still continues to allow for the commitment to the program. Interesting. So do you, um, how do you get new topics or is there um, a, a formal way that people sort of present topics or? So we have a variety of different pieces that come through. We have some that come from human resources, right? Things that we want to make sure we're covering and providing to staff. Then we have others that people have come forward and said, I'd really like to know more about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are fortunate through our e-newsletter to be able to ask those questions. Um, We do have people who will stop us in the hallway and say, hey, have you thought about training on this? Um, People have made connections for us. And I want to be clear, some of them are fun pieces as well. It's not all just work stuff. Uh, We've had, you know, virtual tours of museums. We've had people come in to do um, a visit of the zoo. We've we've had all kinds of fun things. We also do personal development. We talk about how you understand your credit score, how you get access for mental health. Um, I try to have an EAP topic at least once a month so that we make sure we stay connected on people's mental health as well. Because truly, training is mental health, right? This is part of that concept. How do we grow and develop? We do that by learning. Right. Wow, that's that's um, that's outstanding. So no plan for this to, uh, to discontinue? Nope. Sorry. Uh, Going to continue. I know some of my staff would <laughs> like to have the day back. You know, and that's the piece as an HR person that I have to just remember, this is time dedicated from them. You know, this is a place where they would rather be out doing their job, to be frank at times, right? We we know that as HR people. But just like there are moments when my alarm clock gets off and I don't want to get up and I don't want to go take the dogs for a walk and I don't want to go to the gym and I don't want to eat all that healthy food, we have to keep this up. This is the discipline that helps us train and become a better organization literally asking our colleagues to deal with world hunger. That's a big topic. You're going to need to train. We're going to need to be ready. Yeah. And it's, you don't get to train just when you feel like it. You don't get to train when it's convenient. It just is something we have to be dedicated and disciplined to do. That's really interesting. So um, what's, what's next? What are you, what are you looking to do? We're almost halfway we're almost at the halfway mark of the year. What do you? What are your um, sort of objectives for the year, and what's next for you? <laughs> so, um, in the realm of employee engagement day, we are moving on to performance management. Um, so, we're going to do live time. Uh, we want to make sure that people really get comfortable with the tools that we're developing, that we get them really feeling like this is something that will aid them in their work and not be another task for them to do and check off on the list. Um, So we'll focus a lot of time and attention on getting that piece right. Uh, We've walked away from performance management during the pandemic. You know, it was a time for us to take a break and really just recognize that we were moving so much food and providing so many services. There wasn't space for those additional tasks. So now we need to add them back in in a way that's palatable and, and really does benefit the organization. So we're spending a lot of time talking about that. We also need to celebrate. We've made it through three years of a pandemic. Yeah. I'm it's time, right? I mean, we worked every day. Yeah. So how do we stop and just appreciate each other for all that we've done? Right, right. Yeah. Um share if you can um a little bit about the statistics of um food insecurity and 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 the gap that you fill. 
Oof, the gap that we fill, that feels very big, doesn't it? So there's a lot in the city that is obviously a focus for us, but there's so much food insecurity in the area. Every year we get information that comes from Feeding America, which is our national organization, and they help us understand where the need is, but there is so much and there's such a complicated topic when we talk about food insecurity. We're not just talking about um, one topic, right? This is a root cause that can be blended with other issues such as healthcare access, mental health, those types of pieces, housing. Um, we are distributing about, in 2002, we distributed 52 million pounds of food. So just, and it's hard to conceptualize that. I can tell you looking in the warehouse, it is amazing to see. Um, we spend a lot of time talking about seniors and children in our area as well. Um, so 1.2 million pounds of food was distributed to seniors and we had 236 million thousand pounds of food that were distributed to kids. It's wow. just, they're astronomical numbers. It's It's so vast to think about. And we know now that people come to us for their food. This is not just emergency response anymore. We have an obligation to understand that there are people who need us week after week after week. Mm -hmm. So we're here to provide not just the piece for when there is an emergency, and that's incredibly important as well, uh, but to understand that we have to be better, do better every single day, which is why training and development becomes a huge piece for that. So anybody listening to this, um, what can, who might be, um, interested to um, support the organization, what are the best things to do? Sure. We need all the help we can get, right? This is a huge piece for us to try to accomplish within not just Philadelphia, but our surrounding areas. So we have volunteer opportunities. We have ways that, of course, we do appreciate the funds that come to us as well. With those funds, we're able to buy food um, and when we buy food, we can buy food that is nutritionally valued as well as ethnically supportive. So we have a lot there that we can do with those funds. Um, spread the word. We have a great social media campaign. Um, so we ask that you follow us on social and see the activities that we're working on. Um, we've had a great fortune. Actually, some of the MEA members have come to do volunteer shifts with us as teams. Right. So they come out and we volunteer together. And it's the experience to know that we're supporting the community neighbors that we need to be helping. Excellent. Um, yes, you I mean, it is it's such a real issue. And and obviously your your commitment um, as a as a, um, you know, as a, a human being to this issue is is very clear. And, um, you know, stepping um into back into the HR discussion for, you know, uh, if there is a young, uh, uh, young in his or her career or their career, what is your advice for somebody, um, uh, who's just starting out? Um, what would you, what would you sort of recommend is the most important thing? Sure. Um, try it all. Right. I think that's the piece that you don't regret. Just keep trying. Um, go to those interviews that you think you might not make. Uh, do the trainings you didn't think you could do. Keep keep going. Keep all of that stuff up. It's amazing the things you learn in your journey in human resources as a professional that, you know, I tell people when we talk at the uh, Phil Abundance Community Kitchen, when we do the workshops for building their resumes and interviewing, just try. 
go to the interview, speak to the person, keep connecting. This city, I think especially, we have a lot that is about networking. So how do you do that? You just keep going. Right, right. Um, Michelle, I want to thank you so much for the time that you gave us and, um, you know, really sharing the um, the strategy of bringing your organization together one day a month. And, you know, that's a, that's a really cool thing um, in an organization that is doing some really important work. So I thank you so much for sharing. And it was great to talk with you. I appreciate the time, Holly. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening. We hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. Before we go, we want to thank the sponsor of our show, the Mid-Atlantic Employers Association, more commonly referred to as MEA. MEA provides human resources services to hundreds of businesses across numerous industries every day, bridging gaps that restrain innovation and growth. If you need support around people issues, reach out to meainfo.org. Better people, better outcomes. Hi, I'm Holly, and I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. The Better People podcast is brought to you by MEA. At the Mid-Atlantic Employers Association, we help organizations and their people grow through HR-driven business solutions. Find out more at meainfo.org or in the show notes.